The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. It's a new day, it's a new week, and the first part of a new month. How's it going, everyone? This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday. I apologize for the low toned, raspy voice today. I'm a little sick under the weather. I have a throbbing headache. The bed's uh, kicking into effect. But I have some free time today, so I really wanted to embrace the moment to cut this pod since it's been over a month or almost a month. This content ties back to a post I wrote on February 1st called The Road Less Traveled, Four Convictions for 2020. I started writing it, realized I was on pace for over 2,000 words, so started to, I decided to break it up into two parts. I haven't started the second yet, but that will be coming. The original intent was to get all four convictions mentioned in one post. But if I'm pushing, you know, 1,250 words and I'm not close to being done, I, I got to make that call. That's just part of my preference as a blogger. Um, making sure that you have powerful information, but packaged in uh, bite-sized bits, if you will. So... While the post was written on February 1st, it ties back to a snow chase I took a couple weekends ago. It was really a retreat from God. I told Liz, look, I'm going to help you with the kids and just getting family members involved, uh, you know, helping you out, being able to assist in the place I normally would in order to make this work because I really need to get away. It's not you. It's not family. It's just I need to hear from the Lord. It's January, and I really don't know where this year is going. This is more of a spiritual journey than a snow chase, actually. It just happens to be, you know, driving up north to Litchfield, Illinois, suburb of St. Louis, on the way to Springfield, Illinois. Um, so there was a weather element for sure, but it was mostly I needed to get with God in a really big way. And I think some of us know what, just when you feel that urge, it's like, I just need to hear his voice and have a Sinai experience with him. And so that's where all this comes from. And I wanted to make sure that I recorded it. Um, I, and I did record it for myself, but I'm re- wanting to re-record it uh, for you and as it pertains to the content I've written. So no life update uh, today as I really don't have time to dive in, but there will be a time. Just know that life with family, the adjustments uh, on the fam front and the work front have gone really well really well. Foundation grew best case scenario. I'll explain more of that in a later post. So I'm on this drive, you know, just rolling through some classic Illinois countryside, a prairie paradise, if you will, just covered in white. It, everything went from dark to white really quickly. And I'm just escaping from reality and, you know, just thinking, man, uh, it's much colder outside than I've been used to in recent months. I mean, maybe if winter decided to show up at all in Nashville, maybe I wouldn't have to escape this far up. But it turned out I was really happy that I needed a couple hours just to get to my destination. By a couple, I mean four and a half to five hours. Ultimately, it just became the right amount of time to reflect and to think and express gratitude and it just goes back to why I'm writing this. You know, somehow, some way, I needed to get a way to look up. And hopefully, next time I don't have to be so spontaneous. Since this call, this decision was, you know, basically made in a day, 
But these four convictions that I'm going to share with two posts, um, I really hope it not only changes the narrative for me, but the narrative for you. It's why I'm recording this on an early Sunday morning, February 9th. So the first conviction is rethink more. If I've done anything right this year, it's been revisiting the prayer of Jabez, both the verse in First Chronicles 4 and the Bruce Wilkinson's book, which, yes, I admit it did appear in my stocking this year. And it turns out it was probably the best stocking stuffer I could have gotten, maybe the best stocking stuffer I've gotten in many, many years. Because, boy, that content, even though I've, written, I've read the book before, I certainly needed the refresher. So for those who need that refresher on what the prayer of Jabez is, we'll take a look at First Chronicles 4.10. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. It's very brief, but it's also very powerful. and packs a punch. So at first glance, or at first here, it's easy to assume enlarge my territory is the patented phrase of this passage. And I get it. A lot of times when we're quoting the prayer of Jabez, we're quoting it because of that phrase, those three words. We approach God with a specific request. We know we need to make our intents known to him. To pitch our petitions with thanksgiving and who am I to judge the, you know, those intentions. I mean, a lot of times when I'm asking, Lord, enlarge my territory, I'm thinking influence. I'm thinking I want to spread your name to more people. I want to share your glory with more people around me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes we forget what comes after that. You know, what are the, what are the critical three words of this passage if you had to pick three? And I know it's everyone's coming from a different place, so I can't make an, a unanimous call here. But it's crucial we see a certain three-word set in this prayer of Jabez is more significant overall. Because truth is, while asking God to enlarge the territory of our influence, among other things, has its place, it's the Emmanuel essence of God with us. In Jabez's case, the be with me. That's the core blessing. So what I mean by this is it's kind of like chicken. It's not so much chicken versus egg. It's really cart versus horse. In order for God to enlarge our territory, he first has to be with us. And we take that for granted. We just assume it's implied. But for Jabez, you know, you think about how that verse, his prayer would have read without the be with me part. It would kind of sound a little awkward, kind of like, you know, being very demanding, if you will. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And again, those in a vacuum and you itemize it out, those aren't bad requests, those are good. (laughs) We should ask the Lord for that. But the reason why all of this is possible, the reason that I'm recording this, the reason why you're hearing this, is that God's hand is with us. And even though he never leaves or forsakes us, and we know that, we should still ask that his hand would be with us. I think we just take that part for granted and that's the charge here that's the conviction there's nothing wrong in coming before the throne and being like god expand the tent pegs 
of my love for my spouse, my love for my colleagues, my coworkers, just my desire for excellence, purify that, Lord. My integrity, humility. I mean, you could go down the list of what we could be asking the Lord more for. But Jabez knew the bedrock of what he was asking. He specifically stated, enlarge my territory, or rather he knew that enlarge my territory was dependent on that God's hand would be with him. So all that said, I submit the bless me is the be with me more than the enlarge my territory. Now, I'm not trying, I'm not forcing a hot take here. I understand I'm not trying to smite the prosperity gospel, though I vehemently disagree with it. If anything, I just want to caution us as the body of Christ, as vocational leaders, as heads of the house, as people with very unique gift sets and skill sets that we examine what is driving our requests to God. Because we're still very much in this new year together. And any new year starts, it's easy to be off to the races, urging God to give us more leadership, more opportunities, more favor, more of what would you know maybe give us better status and standing in the eyes of the world. And that's again in the right from the right angle. It's not bad to approach God in that way, but we have to be very sensitive to this question: Is our concept of more perpetually rooted in me? So what if I told you we could submit these applications, rather supplications, that Philippians four sixty seven passage, in a way our intent. Intentionality flows from humility. Let me say that again. What if I told you we could submit these supplications in a way our intentionality flows from humility, not the other way around? Just think about it. Would not our initial approach to God's sovereignty be based in what we're continually receiving as opposed to what we hope to employ? While God is certainly for us, and this is kind of like my bottom line here. While God is certainly for us, this is already established by the fact He is with us. Which may sound like a dust statement to you, but to me, I'm coming at it more of all the more reason to not take His Emmanuel presence for granted. For when we ask God for the ten pigs to expand, going back to Isaiah 54, 2. Sorry, I said 54, 50, verse 4 earlier. It's 54, verse 2. When we ask God for the ten to expand, remember the point of what we're asking is for our sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. That's straight out of 2 Corinthians 4.15. Three verses that really link together, and I can't wait to talk more about this, but it was the prayer of Jabez and how it linked up to Isaiah 54.2 and 2 Corinthians 4.15. If you want to purify your desire for more, check those out. And see how they link together. It's beautiful. All right, last point of the day for today. Burn for longing, not lacking. Now, none of us are like, oh man, I can't wait to lack today. <laughs> I get it. But it's this is going to be similar to point number one. And like what is fueling what we do and what we ask of the Lord and how we pursue in general. Because we just like God pursues us, we're called to pursue those he loves. To pursue him, first and foremost, those he loves as an overflow, and then the specific callings he has for us. So, we all know time is precious, that every thought, every word, every action 
has a beginning and an end. Yet while we know for everything there is a season, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, we also know for anything, we may not have a reason. And if you're like me, this can be a terrifying prospect. Because we always want to know, we want to make sense of our surroundings, make sense of what's happening to us, make sense of the struggle and the strife that we may be experiencing. We may be wondering the same thing on behalf of someone else that we really care for. And sometimes if we don't have that answer, it's easy to get frustrated at God because you have to be frustrated at something, right? Or someone. And sure, we tell ourselves there's a time for every purpose under heaven, going back to Ecclesiastes 3, but let's be real. How often do we think, man, we don't have enough time. Time is never near enough. Or, man, speaking of God's hand, prayer of Jabez, man, this seems idle all the time. seems like it's not moving on my behalf. Is it really with me? Whatever the case, it's fair to say anxiety is everywhere, with many bogged down by worry, doubt, uncertainty. And the core of such angst is not only a misuse of trust, but a lust for control. A lust that elevates contingency plans over courageous risks. It's all about self-preservation. A lot of our anxiety is, uh, as far as how we cope with it, we want to make sure that we are so calculated that whatever down experience, whatever negative, potentially negative experience awaits us, that we could avoid at all costs. So that lust for control to have things happen and take place in our own hands, consequentially, more people would rather have a reason for everything than a season for anything. At least that's what I submit. You think of it this way. Whenever we yield to anxiety, we're essentially wanting something right the wrong way. For instance, we may desire what is good, what is true, what is healthy. Yet at the end of the day, what fuels the desire is a fear of lacking, not a burn for longing. And if that's the case, should it really surprise us when we catch ourselves preempting the possibility of failure for false contentment and security. Another way of describing self-preservation. Or are we so numb by those tactics we no longer see our ego cheating us from the fill we crave? For I believe we all want to be poured into, whether we realize it or not. We don't know. A lot of people don't know the ultimate source, their supreme being slash creator slash master of the universe, God, as that source. So they're going to fill their cravings any way they know, any way they can. But chances are, if you're hearing this, you know otherwise. Maybe you've wondered this too. If only people knew the pursuit of promise starts with still and ends with will, maybe then we'd be more motivated by longing than lacking. This is kind of a sneaky one the more I think about it. A lot of times we do long for good things, but over time what replaces that longing is a lack of it happening, like a fear of the lack of something good happening. When that fear materializes, it almost starts to snowball into something bigger where it's just like, I got to match this with this effort to take things in my own hands and 
at least, you know, carve out time. It, it may not be necessarily something bad, but time I normally would have given to God, would have spent with God, I'm now investing in distraction or coping mechanisms of some kind. It doesn't even have to be unhealthy, but just you know, this really can get into the weeds of time management when we talk about application to work. So maybe that's a pivot point down the road. But for now, let's consider this scriptural rundown of what it means to long and go from there. Psalm 107.9, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Paul, Romans 8.19, For the creation awaits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And then back to Psalm 119. This is 81-88 through 88 in the message. I'm homesick, longing for your salvation. I'm waiting for your word of hope. My eyes grow heavy, watching for some sign of your promise. How long must I wait for your comfort? There's smoke in my eyes, they burn in water, but I keep a steady gaze on the instructions you post. How long do I have to put up with all this? How long till you haul my tormentors into court? The arrogant godless try to throw me off track, ignorant as they are of God and his ways. Everything you command is a sure thing, but they harass me with lies. Help, they've pushed and pushed, they never let up, but I haven't relaxed my grip on your counsel. In your great love, revive me so I can alertly obey your every word. That's powerful stuff right there. I don't know about you, but give me a burn for long over fear of lacking any day. As psalmist declares multiple times, even when we're tormented, humiliated, we can learn to know God. We can yearn to know God, to see his glory permeate the darkness and decay around us. Given God has granted us grace and abundance of life, take heart. If you're hearing this, take heart. Driving to work, take heart. Not only do we have his mind to abide in greater fullness, but also his heart to long for more longing. And that concludes the content for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Takes time to sail on it. Stay tuned next time when I'll unveil part two to this conviction series. Again, hopefully by Valentine's Day. Fingers crossed. Till then, you're awesome. Be blessed. Be a blessing. You got this wherever you're at. You got this to know that God is with you. He's there. And just don't, don't feel like you can't cast your anxieties on him. Just turn to him. Position your heart. Find time to quiet yourself. To find that still. To learn more his will. Position yourself at the end of the day to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. To better know his heart and will for you in all things. Not just some things, but in all things. All right. I'll catch you on the fry. Have a great week. Peace.